Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Hey, everybody, this is Scott Schimmel, the host of the Youth School Podcast. And this week, I was really thrilled to sit down with a new friend of mine, Paula Entrevaya. Paula is a design engineer in Del Mar. What does that mean? Well, she's going to tell you all about it. Why do we have her on the show? Well, she is somebody that's helping rethink education from an uncommon sense lens, which is what we're trying to do as well. So she's doing a very interesting, unique project about bringing daydreaming back into school. Yeah, you heard me right. Daydreaming back in school. That is what I always got in trouble for in my elementary school years. Scott's a good student, but he's always daydreaming. So I just wanted to sit down and hear from Paula. Where does that come from? Why is she doing it? And what could happen if we rethink everything? So enjoy this conversation with Paula and Trevaya. So, so you don't, you're not in a classroom. You're no. not, you don't have it. Okay. Right. So we are a small district, so there's eight schools. Okay. So, and I have a, a colleague who's also a design engineer. So we okay. uh. split it mostly four by four, but you know, every okay. site is unique and has different needs. So there's some overlap. Yeah. And uh, we just kind of go with the flow. What is your, is there a normal day? No. <laughs> not at all. No. <laughs> when, and you took that position a couple years ago? Yes. So this is, t- so it'll be two and a half years ago. So as I was teaching fourth grade, in the middle of the year, I uh, was pitched to pilot this um, idea, this okay. position, at one school site, the site okay. I was at. Yeah. And um, that was a, a big leap. Uh, yeah. It was not a guarantee that it would go forward, yeah. but it was everything I believed in and my teaching style as well and philosophy. Huh. So uh, because it worked out okay, yeah. then they, hired the director and another design engineer and so here we go were you in the classroom before like what was your role before sure i started off as a art teacher really did that for 12 years no way cool then i went to we i was really lucky we had a block grant from california years ago and five of us were able to use it to go to project zero institute um summer institute at harvard graduate school of education and it blew my mind (laughs) and they had at that time 40 years of research on the value of using arts as an entry point to learning okay all subjects wow and so i thought wow if i could teach that way then i would like to be in the classroom before that if it was just you know open up the teacher's manual follow it forget it right so i had the opportunity to move and do kindergarten really i did that for three years that's cool and what was that like it was a blast it was so much fun Hmm. and i wanted i knew i was quote unquote, getting away with it mm-hmm. in kindergarten, mm-hmm. but I wanted to prove it could work in upper grade, so mm-hmm. I had that opportunity to move to fourth grade, okay. and I did that three and a half years. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> were you an art major? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you think you were going into teaching back in the day? No. Huh? No. I, th- I figured I'd do art, but I couldn't decide. I didn't have a clear focus. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of dabbling a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of like medium 
I'm an accounting major, so I'm using sure. bad words here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dumb words. Uh, printmaking, linoleum cut was my my first choice. Okay. So, yeah. I'm, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the traditional way is wood block carving. So, you, okay. well, you might see a lot of Japanese wood prints. Yeah. So, you carve out the design so it's in reverse ink and go. Wow. So, and you can do multiple layers and colors, etc. So, wow. I liked that challenge. Okay. Okay. Are you still doing? Every now and then. Art stuff? <laughs> oh, actually, um, I had an art music studio here mm. um, with my husband that we mm -hmm. ran for eight years. Mm. And once this this type of job <laughs> yeah. opportunity in my district opened up, I just couldn't do both because yeah. it was teaching all day and then going to the studio and then summer camps and all that, right. which right. was fabulous. Yeah. So I was getting a lot of um, opportunity to be creative in that regard as well okay. um, as a few freelance things but um, since since then yeah um, my main creative outlet is poetry and hmm. lyric writing so. wow that's cool man you're creative all over the place well I I just can't help it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know just right I wish I were more linear thinking yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be too <laughs> I've just been rereading Ken Robinson's book on the element oh. and so much of his content is around creativity and, mm -hmm. and helping people rethink intelligence through the lens of creativity. Like, so when you think about what you're trying to do with teachers or in the classroom, like how do you, what words do you use to describe mm -hmm. it? You know, it's really student-centered. So yeah. we're looking to bring out, we, we say the inner genius in all students. Okay. And so for some people, it might be mathematics. And for others, it might be public speaking. And for others, it might be hmm. um, sports, you know, or yeah. the arts. Yeah. So how do we tap into that from each one of them hmm. and allow them to use their strengths? So it's just a matter of providing an environment where there's opportunity for students to use their strengths, to leverage them, to make themselves better and then also to support where they need um, yeah where there might be a deficit so so we're not focusing on the deficit we're focusing on right right the ability. strengths based inquiry mm -hmm. are you like what are the what's the uphill battle what what are the barriers if mm -hmm. if you're if you want to help a, a teacher that's been there for a while mm -hmm. think differently mm. time okay you know just Having the, t the time, there's, they have so many demands. And yeah. so uh, what we're struggling with is, you know, what are we letting mm. go of so that we can spend more time yeah. having a more deep learning experience? Mm -hmm. Because once they have that opportunity and see their students thrive and yeah. respond yeah. and then hear from the parents who are excited that their children are excited, right. then we have buy-in. Cool. You know, so it's... But, you know, this, the struggle is real for everyone. You know, there's a lot of demands, um, and so you have to make choices, and there's yeah. a fixed amount of time in the day. Yeah. Do teachers, does that, do some teachers hear that idea that it's your role to create an environment where students find their genius? Does that feel to some like burdensome or overwhelming, or man, I don't have the tools to do that? Uh, yes. And uh, we are trying to provide as much support and also add research behind it. Mm -hmm. So, and also, you know, ideas and coaching okay. and um, sharing. A lot of this right. is um, 
where, where the momentum's going is just because colleagues are sharing their experiences. Yeah. And yeah. so, here is working over here. I want to try that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It seems to be, and my experience is so limited, but having kids right now in elementary school, my own kids, it seems like teachers in elementary environment share collaborate more than mm-hmm. high school or middle school where I've just noticed and heard middle school and high school teachers can get pretty isolated mm-hmm. sometimes for like decades <laughs> like meaning right. no one comes in to see how I do things nor do I have the time mm-hmm. or the structure to go and visit how other people do things and that is that do you think that's true like it's and why is that for elementary um, well I I couldn't say for sure but I would agree that it seems that it's more siloed just because yeah. of the, the structure mm-hmm. of, of the schedule, mm-hmm. um, other than meeting like with your department, right, right. and you tend to teach the same thing every year right. the same way, so there's yep. not really a reason to share, right. Right. <laughs> whereas in elementary, you know, depending on the vision of the leadership yeah. and the, the shift in trends, mm-hmm. uh, there is more opportunity for trying new things, yeah. and, um, and then just by proximity and the schedules and whatnot, yeah. um, there's more opportunity in that way. And then now with social media, you yeah. know, Twitter is is helping. Mm-hmm. It's not the be all end all. It's not for everyone, but right. boy, it's made a big difference for mm-hmm. a, a, a huge cohort of our teachers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I would if I were in charge of all subjects, like an elementary school teacher. Mm-hmm. Like most of them are not not all of them are, but a lot. Mm-hmm. You teach everything. You would just inherently know. Man, I've got some strengths. And there's a couple areas, mm-hmm. like maybe it's math or maybe it's mm-hmm. language arts or something. And so I, I wonder if there's also just like a built-in sort of humility. No one can do it all, so therefore I have to learn from others. <laughs> well, I would say nobody feels like they are doing it all, that's totally. for sure. Totally, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so whether it's humility or insecurity yeah. or frustration. But you might feel that way if you're teaching one single subject. Sure, yes. I could see that. Uh, yeah. I agree, yeah, that's a good point. What are you, you mentioned trends, like what are the trends you're most excited about right now? Um, just the infusion of project-based learning, uh, you know, design thinking is a big focus uh, for us as yep. a problem-solving process. Um, also, social-emotional learning, mm-hmm. so you know, mm-hmm. empathy and developing coping skills and collaboration skills. That's huge. That it's yeah. you know being um, acknowledged at the level that it is, yeah. and it's not just. Um, something that's expected. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Tell me about the daydreaming hmm. stuff. That's uh, a terrible way to ask that. That's okay. Daydreaming stuff. <laughs> tell me about that. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to tell you about it. Uh, so a couple months ago, I participated in something called the, the San Diego Service Jam. Hmm. And it's a, a global weekend. Of, okay. So it happens all over the world in 100 different cities all at the same time. Huh. And it's pretty intense. <laughs> this was the first one in San Diego. It was okay. at the New School of Architecture. You show up on Friday night and you kind of hang out with people. They announce that night what the theme is for the huh. weekend, okay. uh, which at that time the, the theme was blue. Okay. <laughs> so you go through a, a brainstorming process to identify topics related mm-hmm. to the theme. And then things get sifted out and eventually you choose a topic that you're interested in finding um, a solution for them, okay. where there might be a need. Okay. So daydreaming came up as one of the top eight, huh. and I was all over that, and um, went through the weekend using the design thinking huh. process to uh, design a service to satisfy a need related to daydreaming. And so we no. identified 
uh, lack of acceptance of daydreaming in schools as an issue. Huh. That if, if students were allowed to daydream, if there were yep. intentional daydreaming, um, you know, at a proper time frame, yep. that their well-being would increase hmm. uh, as well as our that The hypothesis was that we could, A, um, change the perception of daydreaming in school because yeah, yeah. we, we learned from our interviewing of uh, numerous people that it's uh, not perceived well. <laughs> yes. And so you could change the perception and then uh, increase uh, a feeling of well-being and then creative problem solving. So wow. we are wow. working on researching that by testing out our prototype in different classrooms and age groups. In fact, I just had a round this morning. Really? And it was um, a second... Uh, second dip with a uh -huh. fifth grade group and so we asked them a couple questions before mm -hmm. we go out and daydream for all of five minutes mm. and come back and then we have what? some follow-up questions so it's been really fascinating and along with getting answers from students and a lot of data that we're trying to sort and use um, properly yeah. there's also every single time we do it, it there are more questions yeah yeah <laughs> Well, I was, I mean, I, when I heard about what you're doing, I think I even sent this in an email, like every report card until middle school, until junior high, it was clear, like the problem with Scott is he daydreams too much. Oh. And I didn't have parents that came down on me for that. They're yeah. just kind of like, yeah, that's, that's who he is. Wow. But I, that just always sticks out to me. It's, it's probably one of the biggest things I think about when I think back on my education experience, stop daydreaming. See, you are validating our research. Yeah, yeah. And I... I think as an, I feel like I'm old, but as an adult, it's, I've been trying to re recover that more because so much, so much of what I lead from like a, a read from a leadership lens is like have a vision, think about the future that, and that's literally what we do for you school. We want to help people have a vision for who they become. And I just realized like, why is that such a stunted thing for me? Cause I, I, uh, that's my natural bent that's been trained out of me. Wow. So I'm, I guess I'm curious. The process. I would love to come with you someday yeah, we'd to love do it. That. But like, what? Okay, so pretend like I'm your class. What? It, sure. There's some reflection so, questions. So, yes. So some prompts. They, they switch off depending on age range. Okay. But, uh, we start off by asking, uh, take a, a temperature on how they're feeling. Okay. So scale of one to five. How are you feeling? Check for mood. Uh, we introduced a new question today. How creative are you feeling? Oh, cool. You know. Yeah. And. Um, we ask them what daydreaming means to them. Mm -hmm. So there's a variety of responses. This is a group discussion? This, this is a, a, sometimes it was group and sometimes it was individual depending okay. on age. Yeah. And then um, we ask them their perception of daydreaming in school. Okay. So right. how does, um, what's your opinion about daydreaming at school? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Then uh, we set them up for the experience, okay. the expectations. We let them know that if you're not comfortable just letting your mind drift for five right, minutes, right. Uh, we give them a thought cloud, okay. so a topic. Okay. So could be um, imagine yourself playing with a imaginary animal okay. or a real pet, yeah. or today's thought cloud was uh, a spectacular view. Okay. <laughs> so if you need cool. a starting point, you could do that. And then ideally we go outside somewhere on campus mm. that isn't, um, you know, there's not a lot of distractions going on if possible. Yeah. And we ask them to 
you know, part of the process or the setup is to um, stay silent mm -hmm. and to mm -hmm. have personal space mm -hmm. because we don't want to distract others. We, we want everyone to have the best experience they can have. Mm -hmm. And we do that. For, we go out, we take three deep breaths. Kay. And we begin. Okay. And then we are quiet. Yeah. And then... So, and that's the instruction. Let your mind... Just let your wander. mind drift like a cloud. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. It's so... Um, obviously, mindfulness and meditation has become... Mm -hmm. I don't know what word you would use. Um, it's trendy, but it's also become normalized. I remember yes. five or six years ago, there was this huge news report in San Diego about the one of the school districts trying to implement yoga meditation, and that was not too long ago in uproar. And I think the, one of the interesting things is that's not uproar anymore. Right. Nobody panics, really. Yeah. Maybe there's some like in the south or something that would still right. panic, but uh, that's certainly been a fascinating thing from my perspective with youth school is creating that space and what would you say is the difference between prompted daydreaming and mindfulness, mindfulness? yeah we had um, this was a big discussion of our research group um, mindfulness is guided yeah yeah and you know huh. when you're meditating or going through mindfulness practice your mind does tend to drop but it's really more about clearing your mind. Right, emptying. <laughs> yes. So whereas with daydreaming, there's not an expectation right. of clearing yeah. your mind. So how do you value or put value on uh, which should we do? What's more important? Mm. What's more helpful? I would certainly never pit them against each other. Uh, Right. I, I think right now it's just a matter of um, mindfulness is accepted and valued, and I think that will help yeah. with the daydreaming. Yeah. Uh, so the value to me is the purpose. You know, with mindfulness, hmm. we're calming down. Mm -hmm. And daydreaming has that effect mm -hmm. as well. And um, what I'm, what we're interested mm. in is if, if you do daydreaming intentionally at a specific point of let's say um, problem solving mm -hmm. will it improve the problem solving hmm. you know is that that time for a reflection is that when two ideas that hadn't met up before are clicking in your mind and now you have a new solution wow that's that's crazy i love that <laughs> i love that um that's so good I, I can i think words i was writing down as you're saying that like mindfulness from a system standpoint, is deactivating the system. It's and we had the opportunity, had the opportunity earlier this year to go visit a, an art class mm -hmm. in locally here. And as a teacher, as a friend of mine, had mentioned that every class period starts with five minutes ish of meditation. And so he, he had told me that a couple of times, and then I wanted to go see and and it was fascinating to watch. And this was just a couple of weeks into school, the school year, so these were students that were new to this, but to to just feel the vibe walking in of it's right after passing period and it's loud and it's mm -hmm. and then for him to switch and do a guided meditation and uh, f even for me to participate in five minutes later like whoa this place is different and so asking him afterwards why are you doing that mm -hmm. similar reasons like uh, not to put words in his mouth but how can I expect them to be creative when there's so much noise going on and mm -hmm. so 
let's just at least have a baseline of calming down, deactivating. Absolutely, and after transitions is the perfect time for that. Yeah. You know, if we're asking them to go physically from one space to another, yeah. mm -hmm. then we need to have a moment to become present. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's your focus. <clears throat> yeah. I think maybe though, at least for me, on the flip side, daydreaming can have the opposite effect of deactivating. It can actually activate things. Yes. Like stimulate, like, whoa, uh, now I'm getting, and sometimes it's a, like, a little overwhelming because I start connecting the dots and, it, and it's, what do I do with this? And without maybe writing it down or having specific direction to go do something, I can, I can kind of get too much going on. So that's an interesting point because what we're hoping to build out is, you know, at this point we're just seeing what daydreaming is can be like for yeah. students, but the suggestion would be then you follow up with some sort of reflection yep. or journaling um, so that you have a place to, to capture and yes, so you know you're converging your thoughts because yeah. you know daydreaming is divergent in some ways, yeah. but also it can be going from a divergent activity can help you to converge right, and right. now I have a place to wow. put it afterwards. Wow. Do you think there's a, a best age? Or if you think about the grand scheme of things, your, your daydream of what if? Yes, uh, I, don't, I don't think there is a best age. I think you know, the, the younger students naturally are yeah, free thinking. Yeah, it's like, right, right, yeah. Thinking about a five-year-old, we have to stop her. <laughs> they're, not as, um, they're not as critical of themselves right. or others. And, right. uh, and honestly, adults, I think, are the ones that need it the most. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. We, when I pitched this to uh, the staff at the site that we've been working with, mm. I had them go through the process. Okay. We didn't go outside, but I played nature, meet sounds, yeah. and yeah. Um, and some some of them who were very reluctant mm. at the beginning afterward were just astounded how different they mm. felt and the fact that they had permission. Yeah. Made it okay. Right. I had permission to not think about. Mm what I have to think about or what I have yep. to do. Yep. And then, um, but there's a variety of responses. Another person was like, oh my gosh, I just started listing all the things I needed mm, to do, yeah. you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> but more and more adults are saying, wow, I, I want to daydream too. Right, <laughs> yeah, I just wonder, and it's, it'll be so fascinating to keep up with you and the, mm. the findings, is I'm just fascinated of where does that belong and, and what part of uh, designing well-being for yourself or for a class and like what what piece does that play and how often and how much and which class does that the best and like all those things are so fascinating exactly and all the questions like if if a student struggles to let their mind drift at yeah. the beginning of the year or absolutely cannot hmm. you know or does not value it yeah would it change if 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 the it was practiced mm -hmm. continually, you know, they had some consistency, maybe not. Yeah, you know? right, <laughs> wow. Where do you wanna go with this? Do you wanna write about it? Do you wanna teach about it? Like, uh, um, All of the above. I yeah. mean, mainly, I, if, if we find that we can really hone in on the process in a way that's easy to implement, it's gotta yep. be easy and not yep. time consuming, yep. beneficial, that's the main thing. We wanna benefit students, so, I would like to be able to roll it out as um, an accepted practice, yeah. you know. So, and then yes, the research part—we're right. um, underway with that, yep. and we want to communicate that because we do want to change the perception of daydreaming, yeah. in general, but specifically at school. Okay, uh, last question: What's your 
What's what happens to you when you daydream? Mm, uh, <laughs> what happens to me when I daydream? <sighs> or what do you daydream about? <laughs> uh, I daydream about what I want to have happen. Uh, so things I would like to happen in the future. Uh, the way I would like things to go if I have a project coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm working on um, something, a lot of times it's um, those aha moments that mm-hmm. come. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I've kind of maybe avoided a project yeah. for a while because yeah. I knew I wasn't hitting on it, and then I'll get that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and it's usually because I'm influenced by something else. I, I do refer to myself as a cultivator of serendipity. Hmm. So Ooh, that's, that's good. helpful. That's good. <laughs> so I there's that. I do a lot of cultivating of serendipity in my head <laughs> when yes. I daydream. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Well, thank you for uh, personally it just feels really meaningful. Like I was oh. so thrilled to hear if I can go back in time or if I can help like the next kid who's a natural daydreamer not get that train out of them. Yes. But I'm just so I mean the idea of helping kids flourish and thrive, and school is a key part of that. Um, I just want to keep finding friends like you that are asking those questions mm-hmm. and creating that space. And what if? I mean, what if kids went to school that daydream and to discover things and find their genius? Like that's just—it's beautiful. So thank you for thanks for being on the show. Well, my pleasure, <laughs> and likewise. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, thanks for joining us for the U School Podcast. We wanted to let you know that we have a new free mini course that's available for you. It's called the Real Me Course. It's available on our website. Go to theuschool.com forward slash register. Create an account and you'll see the Real Me Course available for you for free. Within three quick exercises, you can get clear about your identity, about who you are, and what matters to you. Let us guide you through video and through interactive prompts for you to figure out and get clear about your real story. So go to theuschool.com and thanks for joining us today.